Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. We got another amazing guest for you today. We have the copywriter, hostess of Editor Knows Best podcast, CEO, editor in chief of Love for Words, developmental editor, Tyra Poland, MA, if I said it right. Yes. Yes. There we go. Welcome yes. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, oh, I forgot. That's the theme song, JLE Detroit Love, from my first album, The JLE Experience. I own the oh, copyright. Wow. Don't mute it. Facebook. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, let's get after it. First question. What led you to this path? Yeah, so um, I started writing when I was in middle school. Um, I, I've always enjoyed reading and writing. I was a part of the, sorry about my lights. <laughs> I was a part of the, um, I used to participate in the Book It program by Pizza Hut, uh, okay. where you will get the free pizza pan when you uh, read a certain number of books over the summer. Okay. So I did that, um, really enjoyed that, kept doing that every year. And then in high school, well, no, middle school, I entered into a poetry contest wow. and I actually received an honorable mention. So that really, you know, sparked the, the light bulb for me and I continued to write from there. Um, but fast forward to 2017 when I launched Love for Words, um, there's a friend of mine who's a publisher and she was looking for an editor and I did a sample edit for her and she... Um, really liked it. And she started referring me to her publishing clients. So I was getting a, a steady stream of clients from her. And then I decided to go ahead and launch my editing boutique um, and continue to help. Primarily, I work with Black authors and helping them um, share their okay. stories with the world and um, journey through the self-publishing process. Okay. Now, what, how did you arrive at Love for Words as the title? Um, well, it's something that just, you know, came to mind. I've always, again, enjoyed reading and writing. So, you know, I knew that I had a love for words and I felt that would be a catchy business name. So mm -hmm. um, I decided to just go with that. I checked to see if the name was available and then registered it. Gotta do that. Right, right. Yeah, I checked out the website. You look like a boss sitting at the table. Uh, like, okay, <laughs> you're doing it. <laughs> now, what is a de developmental editor in response yes. to that? Right. So the developmental editor is really there for like the big picture elements of the manuscript. So making oh. sure that um, the manuscript is descriptive. So if mm -hmm. the author makes a statement, um, it is giving information to the readers. So you don't want to just introduce something and then not give proof of it or background to what it is. You don't want to leave your readers hanging. So one of the things that the editor does is poses questions like, is this what you meant? Um, this isn't clear. Maybe you could say it a different way. Or the developmental editor might give you a suggestion. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really, it's really a balance between posing questions um, making suggestions and recommendations. Um, for as far as the fiction developmental editing, you you really focus on like the characters. Um, so making sure like your characters have the same traits throughout the book, like their eye color didn't change halfway through the book, or the spelling of their name didn't change. 
or um, yeah, making sure like you don't have one reveal in two places. So if you said that, you know, they had a gender reveal and it was a boy in chapter seven and you say it again in chapter 12, the de developmental editor will bring that to your attention and ask you to choose which chapter you want to keep it in. Um, so we're really there to make sure everything is cohesive, that it makes sense. And most importantly, it resonates It resonates with your target market. So if you're writing for today's 13-year-old, you don't want to use language from like the 70s or a time when they weren't around <laughs> that they won't understand. Um, unless you're, 70. you know. <laughs> so just make okay. yeah. Making sure you're you will connect to your readers and you won't lose them because you're not using language or references that uh, work for whatever that target market is. Yeah, you say jab target and like what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I thought the other old seventy show you watch as a kid. Like yeah, mm -hmm. that the kid they see that like they mm -hmm. dressed like that. Like, they were cool mm -hmm. when they did that. Mm -hmm. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so making sure the author is relevant, um, you know, and connecting with their readers. Okay, because I've written two inspirational books, but I've been working on a political thriller type book. Okay, and wow. Stuff, I'm like, okay, this. Oh yeah, once I actually get off my butt and finish it, oh, <laughs> that could be a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, gotta have some conspiracy stuff in there. For sure. Definitely. That's exciting. I'm glad that you're embarking on that journey. It's not always easy, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. I never planned to write a book. I wrote one in 2000, oh. a love story. Okay. You know, like, ever, if I could have played football, won a Super Bowl, became an engineer, had a big time company, what would that story life be like? Mm -hmm. And I kept getting a virus. So I'm like, man, I love mm. this book, right? Mm. I finally finished it years later just to mm -hmm. finish it. Yeah, so like man, and then I had two amazing guests, Chris Matan and Major Shepard L. Last year, that were like you should write a book, right? Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't always be interviewing nobody. What you talking about, bro? <laughs> hey, well, I got right. like what I was going to do, mm -hmm. and it was kind of a cool experience to write those two books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting experience, and I love being able to encourage um, you know black authors to go down that path. Um, it's possible, and there are people there to support you. So, don't let you know anything deter you if that's what your dream is. Okay. Have you written yeah. the book yourself? Yes. Um, so I'm nine times published. Um, so oh, I. Sure. <laughs> um, I've been in the a... I ain't see that on nowhere. Need to update your oh, weekend. I ain't see that it should be. Nowhere. I'll have to double. <laughs> I'll have to double check yeah, that. I go through like a fine comb, like she offered, but she do offer stuff. Huh? You tell yeah. me when. I'll, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'll have to add that. Yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. So, yes, I've written books. My most recent publication was a book of poetry that I published in 2020. Okay. Um, so, I just touch on some different things that I've experienced and witnessed. Um, like one of the poems um, is called Mocha Chocolate, and it's really. It's like an ode to dark skinned men, um, dark skinned women and girls, um, just okay. you know, um, lifting them up in celebration um, because of colorism. Oftentimes, um, we struggle yeah. with that, you know, and self esteem and being told that we're not um, beautiful or good enough, etc. So I wrote that poem just to show um, that we are, and just celebrate that and. Um, 
you know, letting us know that that we are appreciated and we're valued and we are beautiful. So that's just an example of one of the poems in there. Um, so that was um, a therapeutic process for me, being able to write the book of poetry, um, just because it, you know, it touched on so many things that happened in my life. So for those of you who, you know, enjoy writing, uh, poetry might be an option for you. Um, I would encourage you to give it a shot. Even if you don't publish it, uh, maybe you can just journal <laughs> and that'll um, okay. also be therapeutic for you. Yeah. That's true, but mm -hmm. I mean, you got to dare to be great. If you go through all that trouble, you got to publish it. <laughs> Going out in the water, put your toe mm -hmm. out there, see what happens. Mm -hmm. It might shock you. <laughs> the fact that a person yeah. can write anything and finish it is amazing and dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, For sure, I agree. <laughs> it's a lot of people that want to do it but are hesitant because maybe someone said they shouldn't or their right. own fears. So mm -hmm. Just start right. Yeah. See where it takes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Amazing. I know after I did it, I'm like, man, you wrote that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of vulnerability. So now you're bitten this out here. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's very empowering. It's very empowering. And nobody can use that against you because you're, I mean, you're the one putting it out there. So you have the control of, you know, what's mm -hmm. being said in, in your narrative. So you don't have to worry about your perspective being skewed because it's coming from you. Yeah. See, I'm, mm -hmm. I've been mandated to be transparent by God. So mm -hmm. I ain't got that luxury. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hard headed. So I get a lot of those. Come on, man. Stick to the plan, bro. What you doing? Get <laughs> in there. Don't help somebody. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you, you have an a interesting podcast, Editor Knows Best. Yes. When did you start that and what's it all about? Yes, I started that in 2020. I think, well, yeah, I think it was March of 2020. So shortly after the pandemic, uh, after the pandemic really um, shut down the world. So um, that podcast I created as a platform for Black literary creatives to talk about their experiences, um, also share advice and recommendations for audience members who might want to travel down the, the path that they did or into the industry that they did. So I interview authors, other editors, publishers, poets, etc. And again, it's an opportunity for them to talk about their work and also, you know, give insights to what it's like to be a creative in the self-publishing industry. Um, the majority of my guests are Black. And again, it, it was a platform specifically for us to, um, it's kind of like a safe space, really, where we can talk about okay. things that happen, things that happen to us um, and not feel like um, we have to be centered or that we're being judged for talking about our truth and being authentic about it. So that's what it's for. Um, just that platform and that opportunity. Um, but I also have solo episodes where I talk about different elements of the, of running a business. <coughs> Excuse me. So sometimes I talk about pricing. Um, other times I might talk about how to select your team when you're growing your business. Um, sometimes I talk about lessons learned on my behalf, like how do you handle a client who ghosts you or how do you respond to negative um, reviews from clients who've worked with you? So when I don't have a guest, those solo episodes really focus on the business side of what I do and lessons that I've learned in hopes of 
um, encouraging the listeners and giving them some insight and um, and recommendations on how they can avoid what I, what I've done and make it an easier path for themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your experience with your first book when you published it? Yes. So my first book, Professionalism, What's That? Um, I enjoyed working on that one. That one is really an overview of um, lessons that you should know or things you should know when you are in the workforce. So I talk about, you know, you know, appropriate work attire, phone etiquette, email etiquette, um, you know, professional development you know, what opportunities exist and how you should present yourself in certain settings. Um, So I enjoyed writing that book. I pulled on some of the experiences that I've had in the work, in the workforce, but also things that I've observed. And I know some people don't learn these things or some people forget these things. So I really created the book as like a one-on-one or refresher for people who were, you know, an employee or even starting their own business, the lessons could still apply to entrepreneurs as well. Uh, But my favorite chapter of that book is actually the code switching chapter. Um, And I talk about, I talk about, um, you know, I, I define what it is. And I also talk about the pros, but more importantly, I talk about the cons of code switching um, and how how painful it can be and how detrimental it can be to be told that, you know, you can't wear your hair the way it grows from your head or, you know, you have to go by a nickname because people aren't willing to learn how to pronounce your name. Um, so what? Or, <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, wow. a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of times when I introduce myself, people will ask for a nickname. Um, and wow. while that seems that seems trivial. If you think about it on a deeper level, it's kind of like a message that Katyra is not acceptable. So I need to call yeah. you something else. And even in that out. case, yeah. And even like when um, people like, well, immigrants from other countries come to the United States, so many of them adopt Americanized names. Um, so they'll come from China or Africa or um, whatever continent or country that they're from. And then all of a sudden they get here and they say, just call me Joe or just call me Sue. And again, that's another way of stripping the person away from who they really are um, in an attempt to assimilate. So I really point out the different ways that code switching exists, but paying attention to the negative impact of that. Cause so often we're taught that code switching is the end all be all. And if you don't do it, you're not going to get the promotion. You're not going to be accepted. You're not going to be liked, et cetera. But we very well, now we're talking about the cons of it. So I just wanted to make sure that people understood that it's not all good when it comes to code switching and that there are very real impacts to the sacrifices that black people make when they code switch and the the ripple effect it has on our entire lives and it's also generational you know and then we we teach our kids these things and we kind of pass it down but i want to see it i want to see that change so that people are accepted as they are and don't feel like they have to hide their accents um, i know someone who was from puerto rico and she actually took a class to um, to unlearn her accent because she was teased about it. So when you think about that, it's like, 
there are lots of cons that come with code switching that often get swept under the rug or ignored. So in that chapter, again, I do highlight or not even highlight. I talk about the pros, but the chapter is really there to enlighten people about the cons of code switching. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I can understand if a, a company saying, okay, you all tatted up, need to cover that up, but you shouldn't have to change the essence of you because you don't feel comfortable with, or you got to draw to your voice. So what? Can you right. understand? Right. Exactly. The hair looks twisted. So what? <laughs> Are they looking professional with the rest of the outfit? Right. Call it a day. Can they make right. you some money for your company? Mm-hmm. And at the bottom line, yeah. <laughs> Are they add your from the product productivity mm-hmm. of the product. If they ain't doing that, keep your stereotypes to yourself. That right. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Thing, I, ain't, I never heard that business in business classes of people talking about, well. Yeah, you gotta do this like that. That just sounds mind-boggling to hear. You gotta mm-hmm. come up with a nickname. Mm-hmm. Your, your name maybe something else. T what? Yeah, right. And not an expert well, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's just a general, like if um not necessarily a class, but like there's a there's and what's the word I'm looking for? There's an assumption that you're gonna make it easier for your colleagues and instead of them learning how to say your name. They'll just ask for a nickname. Um, and again, it seems lighthearted, but if that's something you're encountering your entire life, it's not lighthearted. Wow. It, it it chips away at you. Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, I hope HR is, is paying to that in these companies. Like, no, that's not what we do. Because I learned all that. I remember we I had a debate with my HR teacher mm-hmm. about had to read some articles and a person came up with a ride sharing company for women that they've been hanging out a little drunk and it's women drivers. Mm-hmm. Apparently some mm-hmm. guy wanted to sue because it was discrimination. I'm like, that's a great business model. What are you talking about yeah. discrimination? Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, Jeff, let's go back to nationality, origin, race. Be like, man, go on with that boy, Jeff. It's America. We bought this bread. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's a great idea to make money. You tell me, this mm-hmm. dude who got an attitude for whatever reason, he can't work there. Mm-hmm. They got to switch their model. Like, come on, man. Right. Really? You got other companies you can work for. Right. Exactly. We, we debated for a minute. I'm like, dude, this this America, we capitalists. What do you, that's a great money-making idea. And they, they got to mm-hmm. switch because this guy got a problem. Like, come on, man. We, we doing too much. I'm not that <laughs> much of a problem, but that's a great business idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Latin those classes. Shocking people, you know, <laughs> nicknames. Mm-hmm. So, how can people find your podcast? Yes, yeah, so you can visit anchor.fm/slash editor knows best, or you can just Google editor knows best and it'll bring it up on Spotify and Apple and. Um, some of the other podcast channels. So that would probably be the easiest way to find Editor Knows Best. So we'll have to put that in the script for the Fighting Podcast. Mm-hmm. Got the website. Yeah, I'll put you down for your books too so people know how to get that as well. Mm-hmm. You got another book in the pipeline you're working on? I'm working on my second book of poetry. Um, so that will probably be released sometime next year. Um, so okay. I think I have about a dozen poems. So I'm working on that. 
Um, yeah, so it's going pretty well. Um, I kind of write in spurts. So every once in a while I write and I usually do like a bunch of poems and then I step away and go back to it. So yes, that is in the works for sure. I'm excited about that. Um, right now I am actually... I, I launched my internship program with Love for Words. So I have my very oh, first wow. intern. Yeah, first, <laughs> thank you. My first intern, she started in July. So we're about three months in and it's going really well. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I've been able to help her on the journey. Um, it's so, it's really humbling for me because I didn't, I didn't advertise that I was looking for an intern. So she emailed me and she asked me if she could intern with my company. She was saying she had been following me online for a few years and um, she's recently graduated and interested in editing. So that's how that came about. So for, for those of you who are wondering if people are watching, there are always people watching and you just never know when they're going to, you know, approach you with an opportunity. Um so don't don't stop promoting your business and don't stop showing up because um, there's always people who will need you. Now, are you still looking for more or are you good with one? Uh, I have one right now. So um, I'm good with one because I do still have editing projects as well. Um, however, I had a second inquiry. So um, I spoke okay. with her and she'll be starting um, actually next okay. month. So. <laughs> Progress. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. So More I'm gonna up. level that out for this year and hopefully pick up next year with another intern next summer. So yes, okay. um, it's going really well. I'm learning a lot from her, um, and she shared that she's also learning a lot from me as well. So I'm just excited to be able to, you know, pass the torch and encourage the next generation of Black editors. Um, to continue on the legacy, a legacy, because I won't be editing forever. So I want to be able to, you know, help other black editors come up and we continue this this um journey. Yeah, anybody out there, be the hardest work in the room. Mm -hmm. Try. She mm -hmm. reached out to her. Worst case, she says she's not looking. Try right. near someone else. Eventually mm -hmm. somebody gonna say yes. Right. <laughs> you gotta try. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um. Anything else you got going on in the pipeline? Want to talk about? Um. I mean, I have a editing project coming up. Um. So I'll be starting it actually in a few days or so. Um. That is. Actually, I'll have to take a look at it. But I just wrapped one up. So um, I had a, a little bit of downtime between these two projects, but I'll be starting that. Um, I won't talk too much about that, but that is one thing that I'm working on. Um, you know, if anybody, you know, any authors out there or anybody else in the self-publishing field, I am looking for guests for the podcast, Editor Knows Best. So um, you can go to my website and uh, sign up there or, you know, find me on anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best and would love to have you on the show. So I welcome guests for that and just, you know, having the intern right now, but that's, that's what I'm working on right now. Just the editing and the podcast and the internship, which is, which is plenty. <laughs> you have to do the workshop? Yeah, I've done, I've done some workshops. Um, I actually working on a webinar. Um, um, it's like a webinar to get people ready to write their books 
Um, also, you know, get them to establish when they know they're ready to write their books and then connecting with me to help walk them through that process. So I handle the editing, but I have a vast network so I can also plug people in if they need a publisher or a formatter or an illustrator. So, you know, once they're done with me, if they need those services, I can refer them. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that comes with the territory too and working with clients and not just leaving them hanging when the editing is over and supporting them if they need further guidance, depending on what else they need. Okay. Now, you have a time frame when that webinar will be available? Um, the webinar will be available within the next two weeks. Um, I'm going to be recording it. I have the script. I just have to go ahead and record it. And then my um, someone on my team will get it up on my website. So, yes, you can look out for that uh, by the end of this month um, within the next few weeks. So any of you looking to write a book and you're not sure, the webinar will really touch on how to choose. The webinar really touches on how to choose your editor. So what to expect, what not to expect, what questions you should ask the editor. Um, you know, the genre you're interested in, making sure that editor either has experience or is interested in that genre. Um, you know, you don't want to expect perfection from your editor. It really just touches on the different ways you'll know when you found your perfect editor. Um, okay. You know, it talks about sample edits and things like that. So it'll be ready in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you're working on? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit a put you out here, baby. <laughs> I'm going to all type of questions. Make sure you get all of it out there. Let them know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, just the, the editing component. The other part of my business, though, is copywriting. So I do help businesses and professionals with the cop copywriting piece. So, for example, um, people will come and they'll ask questions about a professional bio. So I do write professional bios that, of course, showcase showcase the talents and the experience that you have and talk about your background um, and why you're qualified. I've also done, you know, copy for uh, media kits. So, you know, those are basically documents that... Um, I don't want to say sell. They promote you to either podcasts or like if you want to be featured in a magazine or things like that, the media kit or the press kit has, you know, testimonials in it. It might have picture of your product, pictures of your products okay. or, you know, you know, things that prove that you are a professional in your field or that you're vetted, that you have credentials, things like that. So that's another service that I do offer for those of you who need help with that. Um, so yeah, I enjoy the copywriting side of it. And it's really about making sure that, again, the message is clear that um, when somebody reads that professional bio or your media kit, it draws them in. So that that's some of the other ways that I, you know, help clients. I also work with organization and organizations and companies, like if they have a campaign, I have been mm -hmm. on projects where I'm the copywriter and I give them ideas for their slogans or I give them ideas okay. for the copy on their websites and ideas for, you know, mission or vision statements. So that's the other part of, you know, love for words. Um, I mean, it all, ties <laughs> it all ties in. Yeah. So I've done quite a few professional bios and um, I just really love being able to encourage people. I know that a lot of people face hardships and they face mm -hmm. adversity and they 
are burdened and they feel like, you know, the world is against them, but I want to be a part of, you know, lightening the load and, and letting people know that, you know, even if you have struggles that you can still achieve your dreams and it, it might not be easy, but it can be done. So in my business and my volunteering and just my personal life, that's something that's very important to me to be able to um, encourage other people. Um, you know, I've been blessed. Um, so one of the, I'm on the board. It's called the Anova Girls Academy. Um, it's here in Rochester, New York. Um, I'm born and raised here. I still live here. But basically, it is the first and only all-girls academy um, elementary school that focuses on STEM. So we're looking to open our doors next year. Um, but we really will be targeting um, primarily it'll be black girls and um, Latinx girls to help okay. them build their confidence, um, give them the supports that they need academically, personally, also um, professionally. You know, even at the elementary school age, we can still get them, you know, prepared for the opportunities that will be presented to them. So we will have, you know, guest speakers and volunteers to come in and do projects with them. With the focus on STEM, you know, we, we know that STEM is very important. And we also know that, you know, Black girls are typically left out of that. So we want to have curriculum that includes the science and technology, engineering, math. Um, so Anova Girls Academy is really there to foster that in our girls and making sure that they have, you know, all the opportunities afforded to them that they might not otherwise have. Um, so we're excited to launch next year. We've been doing outreach and talking to parents and getting their insights and we have interested families. So I'm excited to see, you know, the future for Nova Girls Academy. I attended an all girls high school. And for me, I feel that um, my confidence level was uh, very high because of that. You know, I was in a room with with other girls and not necessarily have that component of boys being there, maybe being embarrassed to answer questions or raise my hand or mm -hmm. in competition for the, the attention of boys and then, you know, pulling mm -hmm. away from my focus on academics. So I definitely... Um, appreciated the experience. I can't say that I I appreciated it while I was there. <laughs> but once I graduated, I realized, you know, some of the, you know, benefits of that opportunity and seeing, you know, women who were teaching chemistry and math awesome. and who were teaching, you know, gym class versus, you know, those are typically male dominated, but I got to see women in those roles and I got to see other girls in sports. You know, I played softball, I played soccer. Okay. So it was just an opportunity to see that, you know, my, my sex or my gender didn't uh, make me lesser or inferior. Um, so I'm really glad to see a Nova would be starting that at an even younger age, because Nazareth Academy was a high school, but Anova will be elementary. So that's even better because they'll be getting that, you know, that confidence and that experience from a very young age that will carry them through their adulthood. Do y'all have a website for that? So I can put that yes. Um, yes. Let me pull that up, actually. We do, we do. I just got to 
see. So yes, it's Anova Girls Academy dot org. Anova is I N N O V A. So that's Anova Girls Academy dot org. So yeah, that board is, you know, we're we are super excited about um you know coming out the gate next year. Um the other board that I'm on or one of the other boards is the Rochester Black Authors Association. So um, of course, we highlight and celebrate Black authors, not only in Rochester, but really across the country and even internationally. So mm -hmm. we had our, I think it was our sixth annual Black Authors Expo. We had it in June. Wow. So there were, I want to say there were about two dozen authors locally and across the uh, country, uh, Tennessee, Ohio, we've had some people from out of state this year as well. So basically, you know, we're all in the space together. You know, um, they're able to have their books at their tables and sell their books. Uh, we received a proclamation from the city of Rochester, um, mm -hmm. just acknowledging our efforts and um, what we're doing. Um, we have had ch children's authors who, you know, kids who've written their own books. So it's really a, an event where, again, we're just celebrating all the contributions of Black authors in the community and showing the diversity that we don't only write urban fiction or we don't only read <laughs> urban fiction, that we, <laughs> we read and write sci-fi and any, any genre, we do it all. So um, that's, okay. you know, a part of, of our goal is to make sure, you know, Black literacy is upheld and promoted and celebrated, you know, in our community. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> I'm going to be their job to promote you out here now. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you are ready for the editing stage, you think you're ready for the editing stage, you can go to my website. It's love4words.com. Um, I think yeah, I see it down there. So you can fill out a consultation form. So to work with me, um, we would set up, you would fill out the consultation form online. Um, I'll ask you about your manuscript, the motivation to write it, how long it is, all those important components. And then we have a phone call and we'll talk more about that. Um, and then I look at a sample edit um, or you send me a sample, I'll edit it and send it back to you. And then, you know, you can let me know if this is what you're looking for, if you have any questions. And then we decide if we are a good fit and would like to work together. If we decide to, then, you know, there's the contract and invoice and then, you know, the work begins. So that's just an overview of what the process looks to work with, looks like working with me. Um, so yeah, if you, if you think you're ready for that stage, feel free to contact me. Or even if you just have questions, I do have a calendar that you can get on. Um, it's calendly.com slash Katyra Poland. So we can hop on a free 15 minute call and talk a little bit about your editing needs. So yeah, so those are some of the ways that you can connect with me about your editing needs. Um, you can also hop on my calendar if you think you need copywriting. So a professional bio, a media kit, um, language for your website, language for any documents you need created, worksheets or um, company documents, things like that. Um, you can also hop on my calendar if you want to talk about your copywriting needs. Um, and then, like I said before, um, you can go on the website if you'd like to be a guest on the Editor Knows Best podcast as well. Um, that will be under the media page. But yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. 
Pitoca. Yes. Um, so I would say one of the biggest challenges is making sure that my pricing continues to reflect my growth. Um, so I feel like as, as business owners in general, but I think even more so with women, we under, we undervalue and we undercharge. So I, I have to create a system where I'm consistently, um, increasing my, my prices, um, to account for what I'm accomplishing on the journey. So this year I was a speaker at Disrupt HR, which is, I believe it's an international, um, it's like an international, I guess for lack of a better, better word, conference. So you have to apply to be a speaker and, okay. you know, they'll either accept you or reject you, but I was selected. So even awesome. something like that, that needs to be incorporated into when I'm charging my rates. You know, I'm charging you this because, you know, I've taken this class. I have this degree. I've spoken at this organization. This university has vetted me to teach this class. So for me, I just have to remind myself that the prices need to reflect that and that I shouldn't still be charging the same thing I was charging when I started my business in 2017. Because there's been lots of growth and accomplishment yeah. and proof of success since 2017. So, and not only that, but we have inflation <laughs> and we have taxes. Yeah. And we have yeah. to pay. So what I charge needs to, you know, line up with, you know, what I need to keep the business afloat, uh, what I need to support the business myself, um, you know, materials I have to buy if I'm driving to meet a client, I need to, you know, make sure that the gas is accounted for. Um, if yeah. I have to print out this 100 page manuscript, I have to make sure that the ink is accounted for, that the paper is accounted for. So for yeah. those of you who have businesses, I would say mostly women, make sure that you are making, I would say a physical note, like really typing it or writing it, but also a mental note of all that goes into your business so that when you send those invoices out, you don't get done with the project and feel like it wasn't worth it or you feel overworked or you feel drained because you've done 30 days worth of work and charged them for one, you know, a week of work when in fact you should have charged them more. So that's been a, that's one of the challenges that I, you know, constantly have to work through and making sure that I'm charging, you know, my worth. Okay. Now, yeah. what has been your impact on this journey? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I believe that the impact is shown through the young woman who reached out to me and asked me, you know, for an internship. Um, that there are people who, you know, are inspired by me or people who feel encouraged by my story. So my impact is, I feel it's that encouragement for other people that they know that they can, you know, pursue their dreams and achieve their dreams. Um, but on the, I guess on the editing side, it's clients when their manuscripts are done and I can go to their book signings and celebrate with them. You know, when they get their book, their proof in the mail and they send me a picture of their book, 
um, or they're at their book signing and, you know, people are, you know, purchasing their books and, you know, they're signing away and how happy and proud that they feel to be able to deliver a product that is a reflection of them um, and to be able to be a part of that, you know, and them say, you know, Katira was my editor and she made my book better. So it's really about the, you know, um, having a positive impact on my clients and those that I work with um, and them feeling it was valuable and that the time that I spent and the money that they spent was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say last year I had my first book fair with Detroit Book City. Mm -hmm. December and to have people come up and buy your book mm -hmm. and even the lady that was the main attraction buy it, like, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a cool, everybody encouraging vibe. Now I'm a rookie, mm -hmm. so I have no, I have cards. I had to write no cards with my name. <laughs> mm -hmm. All I knew to do was mm -hmm. sign the book. Right. Now, that did attract people. Like, oh, he signed it. Like, hey, you mm -hmm. a book. Signed yeah. dated. When mm -hmm. I blow up, don't get your mm -hmm. money off that book. Don't get it. <laughs> right, right. It's gonna go yeah. blow. What happened? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's real cool. Mm -hmm. All this, that whole author scene is real cool by people mm -hmm. very helpful and all that good stuff. Try yeah. to go back this year. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, like I told you, I'm going to hype you up. Mark, do everything I got to try here. Let me know you awesome. I need that last question. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? Yes, I would say to um, make a note of what you enjoy. And also keep track of what people come to you for. So if people always come to you to ask you advice on, you know, their relationships, their romantic relationships, or people ask you about business advice, um, or people compliment you on <clears throat> your sense of fashion all the time, strangers, family members, people you do and do not, do and do not know, um, that's a pattern. That's something you should pay attention to. Things that come easy to you, you know, what can you do easily that others struggle with? So it's really about taking the time to do a self-inventory, whether you do a self-assessment online, like an official one, or you just sit down and write down, you know, a list of this is what I'm good at. This is what I like. This is what I'm often complimented on. Looking at that and seeing what opportunities exist for the three of those to mesh. Um, because if you can get all of those in one, um, either starting your own business, you know, if you find a nonprofit that fits that pocket, a corporation, if you want to, if you want to work, you know, if you want to have a, a job, um, all of those elements are going to be important in making sure that you feel that you're fulfilled, you know, because I'm sure we all know when you're in a position that's not for you, a situation that's not for you, um, it's an, you'll know that, you know, it'll be an instinct and you'll know, hey, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So it's really important for you to know yourself and be honest with yourself. Um, you know, everybody has their own strengths and their own talents. So you just need to tap into your own and not necessarily compare yourself to other people. Um, you have to do what works best for you. And oftentimes when you are trying to when you compare yourself, that's when you lose yourself because you're focused on somebody else or something else outside of you. So you really have to know who you are, be authentic and figure out how you can mesh what you're good at, what you like 
and what um, other people come to you for. Um, I think those are the key components of figuring out what your journey should look like or what types of goals you should have in your life. That's awesome advice right there. <laughs> Figure it out and stay in your lane. Don't worry about what people got to say. Just do yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. And they hate it on Jesus, so they're going to hate on you at some point. But mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm working on a book. Well, why don't you figure yours out? Because I'm on my grind. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I never appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your journey. Help someone. You're, you're welcome. Hope Thank you. you. I did. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Is that a tagline where we treat you like family? Cool, chill mm-hmm. environment. Celebrate you. Because I need that last mm-hmm. question. I need you chill, mm-hmm. right mind, get that hard-hitting Yoda knowledge to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get out there and start doing it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. No problem. So I want to thank copywriter, hostess of Editor Knows Best podcast, developmental editor, CEO slash editor-in-chief of Love for Words, speaker, author, Katyra Poland, yes. M.A. Yes, you're welcome. Adam, and thank and you. I learned some stuff about you. Thank you Okay. Update LinkedIn and let them know you out here doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you have a great weekend. Be safe. You have too. fun. Thanks, work you out. too. And everybody have a great weekend till next yes, time. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Londa. Oh, got a comment go up here real quick. Awesome. Well, great show, everybody. Be sure to check out my books, Musician Thought, Inspirational Series on Amazon, my album, GLE Experience, GLE World. And check out the podcast. I'm working on the website and merchandise coming soon. Y'all have a, something else said? Okay, gotcha. There we go. Y'all have a great weekend. Check out this amazing outro. <laughs> Three, one.